Well, the EU has managed to agree on one thing, their budget, but a trade deal with the UK is proving somewhat harder, so Sunday night is supposedly the ultimate, ultimate deadline. But is it really? What about the final ultimate, ultimate deadline? When's that going to be? The ECB has announced heaps more bond buying, and the US has given itself another week to sort out a stimulus deal as the jobless numbers rise over there. And the Aussie dollar breaks 75 cents. Is there any turning back now? It's Friday, the 11th of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down a quarter percent on the DXY. The Aussie dollar, though, up over 1%, almost at 75.3 US cents. The pound has lost 0.8%. It was down 1.1% at one stage. But the euro is up a third of 1%. US stocks are mixed. The Nasdaq is up 0.4%. The Dow and S&P 500 are down a tiny bit. The euro stocks 50 closed 0.2% down. The FTSE 100 up half a percent. Not much bond movement in the United States. Well, two basis points off 10-year Treasury yields, but 10-year gilt yields down six basis points down to 0.2%. Five days ago, they were 15 basis points higher than that. Uh, A big increase in oil as well today. WTI and Brent both up 3.2% and back from his holidays. Although I don't think he was able to go anywhere. Gavin Friend, Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London. And, uh, you know, the man who said there will be a Brexit deal repeatedly. But but look, I don't know. Do you still believe? I mean, that dinner didn't go too well yesterday, did it? And... uh, a supposed make-or-break deadline of Sunday night, which is actually what Rodrigo said last night. While they were still on their main course, uh, Rodrigo said that uh, probably there's you know a decision's going to be made at the weekend. Morning, Phil. What's that decision going to be? Morning, Phil. Well, indeed. I mean, there could be three decisions, couldn't it? It's either going to be um, a deal. It's, it could be no deal. That's it, to your point. Uh, or they could just continue carry on negotiating. Um, all three are possible. But you're right. It, we do seem to be coming to the thin end of the wedge here, don't we? And if you look at the comments from Boris Johnson uh, just less than an hour ago, um, he's not sounding particularly uh Promising, promising about this, is he saying really? Well, he said, um, you know, we let's go for the Australian option, didn't he? Which is actually the WTO. I don't know why they picked the Australia option. I mean, why? You know, but there's a whole load of countries the EU doesn't have a trade deal with. You know, let's let's call it the uh, Suriname trade deal, for example. You know, what's? But anyway, whatever. He's basically saying, uh, yeah, it's not it's not looking likely. More likely no deal than a deal uh, is the phraseology. But he, he has pledged to continue to, to negotiate. Uh, that's what he said to, to von der Leyen. And what he said is the deal on the table is not right for the UK. And, and, and this um, refers to this uh, dispute resolution mechanism, and specifically this new evolution clause that the EU is said to be demanding, where if in the future one side... It, the EU, were to raise welfare, social, environmental, labour standards, the UK could not just sit still and enjoy a competitive advantage. It would have to move alongside. I mean, that does sound so you can, slightly, un- yeah, who can agree sli- that? Sli- slightly unreasonable. But, but here's the point. For the UK, because the withdrawal agreement means that Northern Ireland sits in the uh, EU single market and has to observe EU rules... If that's the case, and there is this um, shift where you know uh, deregulation, if you like, on the UK's part as the as the EU uh, tightens its and improves its standards, um, that's going to apply to Northern Ireland as well, and that means that the gap between GB and Northern Ireland 
you know. So the answer, so all, of that, all of that tells me it can't be left where it is, and we'll, we'll get off Brexit because there's a lot to talk about today. But I just think what's my read of what's going to happen. I could be wrong, of course. Is that there's you know, Brussels is now t- talking about all these contingency measures that are going to kick in on the first of January. So so airlines are going to keep flying. Uh, you know, fishermen can still fish. Uh, hauliers can still uh, get through the ports, and uh, this is you know it's not going to be a big changeover on the first of, of, of January. So maybe that's going to happen for a few months or six months or whatever. So not a great deal will change right at the beginning of the year. And of course, during that time, they can still be negotiating. So although officially they may be saying it's a no deal, really what they're actually saying is that we are pushing the deadline back a little bit. And uh, maybe we'll you know give ourselves the first half of next year to get something before those contingency measures disappear. You, you may be right. I mean, but wouldn't it be uh, an abject failure of statecraft if there were to be no deal? We move to WTO terms because the two couldn't agree about possible future direction of um, you know regulatory changes at some unknown time and some unknown quantity down the road. I mean, yeah, that's just... It's all a failure. The whole thing's a schmozzle, isn't that's, it? That's no, not no, credible, but, you know, That's where we are. Incredible. Look, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, the EU, of course, has a lot on its hands, and we'll talk about the EU summit in a second. I want to talk about the ECB festival because they have announced they will extend their bond buying to March. They're going to throw in another half a trillion euros. Not a lot of their bond movement, although, uh, excepting that, as you might imagine, in, in Southern Europe, we've had new lows for Italy, Spain and Portugal. Italy actually got down to 0.5%, which is the lowest it's ever been. And Spain, uh, they uh, went negative. Basically, they had, uh, what was it, a whole bunch of millions of bonds auctioned today at minus 0.03%. So, uh, but tell me more about the ECB today. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, as you say, uh, the market, the NSOs were looking for around about that kind of amount. We got also a tweak on the Teltro, the cheap loan scheme, where banks can effectively borrow as low as minus 1% subject to fulfilling certain criteria, ensuring the money gets out to the real economy. And that's going to go out for another year. Um, I guess the kind of, uh, and, and there were also some uh, lower GDP, lower uh, inflation forecasts. I guess the thing that markets have latched onto in, to your point, there really wasn't anything you know significant that happened in this uh, announcement today. Is in the press conference, Christine Lagarde, the president, talked about the idea that you know what's really important for them now are maintaining favourable financing conditions, and as long as that's done the ECB may not need to use the full 500 billion envelope. And so that's got people thinking, oh, so you're not going to use the whole lot. Maybe it's not as good as well. And that's why we saw at one point that, that decline in peripheral bond yields that you talked about. They rallied back up again. Yields moved back up. They raised the losses on the day. Um, and the euro followed suit. The euro fell on that because there's a nice inverse correlation between those two. I think as we go further forward, though, um, no one really knows what's going to happen to financing conditions. That's the thing uh, that we need to keep an eye on. Um, and I think uh, overall, you know, this is probably drowned out by the news on the EU recovery fund. Yeah. Well, yes, because the EU summit... They've been trying to get their, their their budget passed. It sounds like they're there. Yeah, um, this has been coming. Uh, it's, it's been a deal that's been brokered. Remember, the impasse is between has been between um, Hungary, Poland, uh, and the EU. The, the Visegrad two didn't like the idea of the uh, so-called rule of law. 
uh, being stuck into the budget and they were holding out over that. There's been a deal brokered by Germany, which holds the revolving presidency of the, uh, of the EU. And it looks like, the, we, we need to see more details on this, but it looks like the deal is that they're going to just delay the timing of the rule of law. I'm not yeah. quite sure why Hungary and Poland I think they can challenge gave it, they can, up their sort of well, they can leverage ch- there. But. but they can challenge it through European courts. They, can't they? They that's can. what they're saying. They've got, uh, so they, that's probably going to take two indeed. years. So it's, so it's another European kicking the can down the road exercise. Well, basically. yeah, but I think for those two, you know, um, maybe they maybe they misunder underestimated the extent of the pushback from the other 25 members who really are very very keen to ensure the rule of law um, issues are respected and rightly so and um, this was a ladder for them to climb down I think and, and they've taken it so so that's been good the, 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 the point is it's good news and it means that the recovery fund which is encompassed in the new seven year budget will go ahead mm. the first tranche of that is not until May June next year anyway but it does mean that the budget can start it won't do what the US appear to be doing which is biting off small chunks every month uh, you know going to one twelfth budget it means the new budget can take place including some shiny new climate initiatives uh, at the start of next year. So the US have given themselves another week, haven't they, to to discuss the uh, the, the relief package there uh, up to next Friday. They're doing that whilst they're, you know, and just to remind them how important it is, the infection numbers and the fatality rates continue to tick up in the United States. Uh, but uh, like they had 3,265 deaths in the US on Wednesday, just in one day, the most so far, and close to 300,000 deaths in total now. Over a quarter of a million new cases in one day. That's uh, that's how bad it is. So there's the reminder. Uh, Mitch McConnell still not happy though to uh, have 160 billion dollars of that money going to to the states and to local municipalities. So I wonder where they're going to go with it. Well, it's a good question. I mean, at least he is on board with the 908 billion Mnuchin uh, backed deal. Uh, the problem is is that Nancy Pelosi, uh, the Democratic House leader, is opting for the other 916 billion bipartisan bill. Um, the time is running out um, and um, something needs to be done. Um, every day we learn things, you know, productive calls, discussions ongoing, but no sort of, you know, tangible forward progress. So, um, and and yeah. to that point, you know, that's why I think the dollar is not having a particularly good day. Um, you know, the stalemate going on there, it runs through to the weekly jobless claims jobless numbers, numbers. 853,000 um, up from 716,000 and well above the consensus of 725,000. In truth, I think this jump was actually more related to seasonal adjustment problems related to Thanksgiving. Um, that said, the uptrend is clearly back with us. And to your point about yeah. um, the, the, the numbers, the virus numbers, numbers and the tragic death numbers um one would have to expect that claims numbers are going to you know get worse yeah. in the short term at least before they get better and inflation picking up as well i mean is that gonna is that uh, is that gonna stick i mean if you've got rising jobs and uh, rising inflation uh, that sounds a bit like stagflation well i think it's at the margin isn't it i don't think anybody's particularly focused on that right now given where we are with uh, other fish to fry um, I don't think the markets are going to take too much notice that said it's about inflation expectations isn't it that's the big driver you know Fed policy the average inflation targeting policy is clearly designed uh, to raise inflation expectations and that's exactly what's happening through you know various channels there and you can see uh, as nominal yields 
climb, um, you know, there is a, a bid for tips yields, uh, tips uh, bonds, and uh, we're getting higher break evens. And that process looks like it's going to continue. Now, the, the weakness in the United States dollar is obviously helping uh, the Aussie. Uh, plus, of course, you know, the news is generally more positive in Australia as well. So that helps. Uh, but today's rise puts it over 75.3 US cents. So well over the 75 cent mark for the first time since June 2018. Now, that was a bit of a psychological barrier, didn't it, wasn't it? So is it going to break free now? Is this is this the beginning? Is it is there no mm, looking back? It's a big, well, I think that's a big level. And we may, we may, we may hang around it for a little while. Um, but to your point, you know, we are looking at sort of outside of sterling. We're, we're talking, you know, this dollar downtrend seems to be being maintained. What we've just talked about with the euro in terms of the recovery fund and the ECB doing, you know, what they were designed to do day, today are all things that can support mm. the euro in its own right. Christine Lagarde didn't really have much to say about the euro. Yes, it's not helpful at all to the ECB in terms of its inflation uh, targeting mandate, but there's not a lot the ECB can do about it. As long as the move is gradual, they won't be complaining too much. Yeah. Um, but if we get a fall in the, if we get a fall in the pan, think, if we get a fall in the pan because of uh, uh, a no deal Brexit, then that could temper the rise in the Aussie dollar a little bit because it's, uh, it's going to uh, impact the US. Of, dollar. of course. Yeah. And it will affect the whole sort of risk complex. Mm. But I think to your point about the Aussie, iron ore prices, you know, traveling up to $150, mm. you know, um, that's clearly something that's supporting the Aussie in its own right um, and commodity prices generally helping out uh, sort of high beta risk or commodity tied currencies such as the Aussie and the Kiwi and and, and you know to our point um, you know we've got a, a 76 end of year target and um, you know we, we've had that since uh, for a few months now and, and happy yeah, with it we could well get there absolutely US PPI and the University of Michigan consumer sentiment read tonight but otherwise it's it's a fairly quiet day today isn't it but we wait and see what happens with Brexit over the weekend good to have you back Gavin see you soon cheers Phil thank you and that's it for me I'm Phil Dobby for now back again on Monday morning see you then